Are the two Adams gonna come here? Yeah. Okay. In the same bed? Yeah. Oh, I've never done this, but oh, should we cuddle a little? Or is that weird? <laughs> we call it spooning here. Wow, and they just lowered the light. Did you notice that? Yeah, nothing for three minutes. From Gimlet Media, this is Surprisingly Awesome. I'm Adam Davidson. And I am Adam McKay. And as you know, each week we pick something that seems mundane and reveal what is surprisingly awesome about it. And this week, Adam... This is something you spend a third of your life on, but I'm guessing you don't think about it at all. We're talking about one of the sexiest, most violent, intriguing, clickbait subjects we've ever had. Breathe through your nose, breathe out your mouth. Mattresses. I am in the market for a mattress right now. I've actually known I've needed a new mattress for like two or three years, and I am stuck because every time I like dip my toe in, I'm. it just seems like this terrifying universe. I, I laid in a bunch of mattresses and I found the one I liked the most and I really liked it a lot. And here are the list of features. It has a silk cashmere infused cover. It has hand tufting. It has a Prima Sense gel foam, but also a Prima Cool gel memory foam. <laughs> Does it have Corinthian leather? Those sound like the biggest list of fake brags ever. Like you could describe a paper cup like that. Uh, it's got wax embossed uh, exterior grip holding. Uh, it's got a receded base uh, for easy placement on tables and surfaces. Uh, yeah, that all sounds made up. I got to be honest. Yeah, but... That's what we're here to find out. Is it all made up? What's actually going on secretly inside the mattress where you can't see anything? Is there a difference to you in your life if you get a foam mattress or a spring mattress or a hybrid mattress of the two of them? If you spend 100 bucks or 100000 bucks? Well, you know, in screenwriting, we would call this the, the first act conflict. So first act, Adam Davidson looks pensively at a mattress for sale, deciding. I know you've been thinking about what's your next project. It sounds like you have the first like three pages of a script. Uh, I mean, let's see. Let's see. Because Daniel Day-Lewis, I know, doesn't have a project. Guys, can I interrupt here for a second? This is, of course, our producer, Rachel Ward. I, <laughs> I find this a little bit ridiculous. I do have a problem, Adam, with the fact that you've been trying to buy a new mattress for two years. Because it's... My approach to this problem was so much simpler than what you you seem to have subjected yourself to. A year ago, on January 1st, 2015, I woke up and I was like, new year, new you. I'm going to go get a mattress because I've been sleeping on a twin bed. I I think I had the idea at like 8 a.m. And by 10 a.m., I was at Nikea. They have like <laughs> five mattresses. And then they just have like a list on the wall and they're like, here's the name of the mattress. It's called the Hellas Gergen Semenborgen. And it's got these like five features. And then I just picked like kind of the middle one. I spent probably about $800 and I just made my bed and laid in it. But I'm kind of with you, Rachel. I feel like Davidson being neurotic about mattresses is like my dog being afraid of the vacuum. I am almost certainly way too worried about this. But – just saying I'm too worried is not going to make the worry go away. I wanted to go through it 
into it. I wanted to treat this like a real research project. And so we all met and we decided, let's see both ends of the mattress spectrum. Let's start with the very best. If money was no object, what could we get? So McKay, you and I, and our producers Robin Woolley and Kalila Holt set out on a field trip. The lighting is perfectly tasteful. It's a beautiful showroom. It's not jammed with beds. They have about, I'd say, eight beds perfectly spread out throughout the room. We're at Savoir Beds in Soho in glorious lower Manhattan. There's very subtle, pleasant music playing in the background. Yeah, by the way, they also have in the middle of the room, they have a little table with uh, champagne, sparkling water. People are very friendly and the beds look magnificent. They're the nicest looking beds I've ever seen. They explained to us that this bed was originally designed for the luxurious Savoy Hotel in London, and now you can buy it yourself. These beds are made by hand. By craftspeople who are trained by craftspeople who are trained by craftspeople who made the original beds in 1905. A lot of the bed is made out of horsehair, which apparently is like the best substance you can put on a mattress. We were greeted at the door by... I'd say one of the nicest, most knowledgeable salespeople I'd ever met, Veronica. No, 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 not salesperson. Lifestyle consultant, Davidson, please. Use the proper terminology. You're right. It was Veronica McCassett, lifestyle consultant. It is all about being healthy, feeling good, and, and just really being comfortable. As you, even as you walk into the environment. like we, we, we're, not, we're not here to sell you beds. We're here to talk about you know, lifestyle and what works. And part of Veronica's sales pitch is that she... Consultation, consultation. You're right, sorry. Part of Veronica's lifestyle consultation is that she enforces this one rule. It's a three-minute rule. And that is when when I get you on the bed, do not make a comment about it's too soft, don't jump out, etc. I need three minutes. And we want this to be our last bed. I don't know if we're quite at three minutes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say lots of positive things. How does this feel for you? I love this. Yeah. Your alignment looks spectacular. I gotta say, and I wanna say this uh, for our listeners, this is magnificent. Yeah. This is like the perfect bed, perfect mattress. I love the softness, yet there's still a shape to it. There is a little pushback, yet at the same time, I'm sinking into it. This is the best bed ever. It it literally is like laying on a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Except you know you'd fall through a cloud. They're not solid. But I get your point. It is kind of like a cloud. I feel unsupported and wet. Should we, should we guess now the prices? Oh, do we guess yeah. the prices? All right, all right, yeah. let me guess, let me guess. Yeah. I'm gonna say without any reservations, that, yeah, these are the nicest mattresses I've ever been thank on in my you, life. Thank you, They're magnificent, they really are. All right, so this has to be the premium one. I'm gonna say it's $28,000. Ouch. <laughs> Too high? <laughs> um, no, no, can we, can we look at the black book, please, and get the price? Um, so the word luxury, didn't really. Well, I don't click. know. I mean, like twenty eight thousand yeah. for most people for a mattress would be I, 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 very, I understand. very high. Totally, totally. But I understand yeah. you're absolute top of the line. And so I'm, I, I'm teasing when I. Say I've that. never, exp- I've never yeah. experienced the top of the line. Um, I like that my guess of twenty eight thousand was insulting. I know she was like, <laughs> you were upset about that. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, what is you the price, Paula? I'm going to have Paula tell you the price. Yes. Yeah. Should be. 
94350 Wow. $100,000 bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She told us Oprah sleeps on this kind of bed. Elton John sleeps on this kind of bed. Frank Sinatra and Winston Churchill used to sleep on this kind of bed. I was not able to reach Winston Churchill's representation to confirm that. <laughs> I got to admit, you know, when I was in the store, I bought into it. I, I got sucked into it. It was a very peaceful, lovely place. I walked 100 yards away and I thought, oh, I was just an insane man. That is crazy to spend that much on a bed. Those mattresses are magical. They're also a symbol of dangerous income inequality (laughs) that is spreading throughout the world that could foment revolution and violence. The idea of spending $100,000 on a mattress, you probably should be worth a billion dollars if you're doing that. I think it's far crazier to spend $300,000 on like a Maybach or to, like that or a Lamborghini. That to me is way crazier. That I agree with. Yeah. But here's what I'm wondering economically. How much is the value, the actual sleep? Like there's a big story they're telling. There's a big story of luxury of this handmade mattress in London. So you're paying for real estate in London. You're How much of a placebo effect is this? Or just a purely narrative? I I think there's no question that's a large part of it. I'm going to say 50, 60%, 50% of it. So we had that experience, and we wanted as soon as possible to go from the top, the very top of the line, to the average of the line. And we wanted to feel it, you know, see what the difference was between a $100,000 bed and a normal bed. So we went immediately to a sleepies, but... Hi. Hello. Hi. How can I help you? I was talking to someone on the phone about possibly coming to record in here today. No, it wasn't me, and we can't have that, unfortunately. She said she was going to check with legal. Yeah, and they're not allowing that. I'm legal. Oh, they're not? Yeah. You're legal? I'm waiting for my manager to come right now, so yeah, we're not having that. Oh, really? Why not? Well, because this is a private company that went public, and we're not trying to have a whole bunch of um, different type of uh, people like yourself coming in trying to figure out what's going on. But you can turn your mic off. That's all I have to say to you right now. It felt hostile immediately. Uh, It was the exact opposite of the high-end bed store. Uh, There was a rickety, like, metal scraped-up elevator. And it's just, like, two giant rooms. It didn't even look like they painted the walls with just mattresses everywhere. It could not have been more different. It was as crammed. (laughs) But then... Like, we just decided to stop recording and just start lying on mattresses. (laughs) And it was so in this giant room, like... It was under the most stressful circumstances. This woman is yelling at us to leave. She's taking our photos for some reason. No, that was strange, man. That was really hostile. And then the mattresses were actually decent. That's what's crazy. Like, we would have been positive about it. Because my immediate reaction was when I laid down on a couple of those, I was like, oh, no question. You don't spend $35,000 on a mattress when there's ones that are this good. For a thousand. For, and some were like $700 or $600. No, it actually completely blew up my experience before. So, so why is it so hard to tell the difference? I mean, if you went to a car lot and they had a $1,000 car and then you got into a $100,000 car, you would instantly know the difference. It would be very clear. But this does not feel that way. The mattresses definitely felt different. No question. And you could tell which one was nicer. But they didn't feel that different. What is going on inside the mattress? And 
inside the mattress industry more generally. What did that lady from Sleepy say again? We're not trying to have a whole bunch of um, different type of uh, people like yourself coming in trying to figure out what's going on. But you can And after the break, we're going to tell you what exactly is going on here. Welcome back to Surprisingly Awesome. I'm Adam Davidson. And I'm Adam McKay, and we are talking about mattresses. Davidson, people that know me know that I can sleep in a lot of different places. Yeah, I have seen you fall asleep um, in big rooms filled with people. I've seen you fall asleep in a restaurant. Where, where, what are you thinking about? So I was in uh, seventh grade, and I had a paper route my dad made me get. And Sunday mornings, I had to get up at like 4.30 in the morning and had like 150 papers. And I would be so tired. And I would do this game on my bike where I would close my eyes for a second just to occupy time and see where the bike ended up like two seconds later. Like, can I keep it straight? And so one morning, it's 4.35 in the morning, I'm riding my bike, and I do the game of, like, I'll close my eyes for three seconds, and I close my eyes, and I wake up, and I'm twisted in my bike on the side of the road, and from my point of view, upside down, I see a guy come running out of his house, and he's like, what just happened? I saw you just ride your bike into the curb, and I had fallen asleep (laughs) while riding a bike. You fell asleep on a bike. On a bike while riding it with a big sack of newspapers. So when we talk about mattresses, I keep joking about the fact of, you know, they're just mattresses. And and I think you can see why, because I fell asleep sitting upright while moving my legs. So my standards of mattresses are pretty low. Hey, guys, it's Rachel again. Um, This seems like a good time to tell you guys about the stuff that I did some research on that you asked for about the history of mattresses. McKay, falling asleep on a bicycle feels pretty similar to one of the first references I could find to a pillow, which is in the Bible in Genesis, where Jacob uses a rock as a pillow, and then he pours oil on it. I don't know why. That sounds awful. Although, McKay, you're like, I could definitely sleep on an oil-covered rock. (laughs) It sounds fine to me. In fact, I've done it several times. (laughs) But then in the archaeological record... I think the oldest reference that people have found to date is from about 77,000 years ago in South Africa. There are these mats, basically mattresses that people made by like pressing down layers of leaves and rushes. And what's cool about these is you can see some intention in their construction because the top layer of leaves on these mats are leaves that are known to have an insect-repelling quality. Ah. After that, much later, in about... 3,600 years before the common era, Persians have invented the waterbed. Really? They're filling goat skins with water, and then they leave them out in the sun. They get warm during the day. And then you have, like, a very cozy waterbed to sleep that, on at night. That is awesome. That is, that's really good. So, aside from the Persians coming up with a waterbed, sleep technology is pretty much the same for a long time. Like, we've we've got some variation on, like, wood on the floor. That was a, a common Egyptian technique. Or we have straw on the floor, or we have bags stuffed with straw. So straw was the technology for a very long time. But eventually, around the Industrial Revolution in the middle of the 19th century, people start patenting coils or springs for use in upholstery. So like in the seats of a carriage or in the seats of a couch. And those technologies eventually are transferred over to mattresses. By the 1930s, uh, less than a century later, 
springs are widely used in mattresses. And those mattresses basically look like the mattresses that we sleep on now. There are a couple more uh, advances in mattress technology. The waterbed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We revisit that Persian idea in 1968. By the way, it should be pointed out, I was born in 1968. So once again, oh, yeah. And then just a, a few years later in the 1970s, NASA is developing memory foam or temper foam is what they called it initially for use in uh, seating in vehicles, in aircraft. And as with lots of NASA technology, eventually they release it to the public for commercial development. A company picks it up, makes the first Tempur-Pedic mattress. That's in 1991. I should also point out uh, Davidson's third daughter is named Tempur-Pedic. Yeah, but it's Tempur-Pedic. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old Hebrew name. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I think the the sort of top line of this is that all beds were terrible <laughs> until pretty recently. And so every night you were fighting off insects, you were getting poked by straw, you were maybe literally laying your head down on a rock. So the larger point is, 2016, what a time to be alive. We're we're actually doing great if you look at the sort of like entire arc of history. Having the mattresses that we have now is a blessing and we should all just be thankful and this episode is over. Surprisingly awesome is a product of Gimlet Media. The end. Wait, I feel like your whole history. No, 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 no. no. You can't just do that, Rachel. (laughs) You can't just wrap it up like that. (laughs) I I declare by fiat this podcast is over. (laughs) Ah, She's right. Legally, she can do that. She can do that. That is in the contract. I, I feel like your whole history was basically you were looking at me the whole time and saying, Adam and his silly what's in a mattress shenanigans is is ridiculous because it's a great time to be alive in 2016. It's a great time to be asleep in 2016. Like, we've solved the problem. <laughs> we've solved the problem. We've solved the problem, and then you created a problem anew by getting all in your head about this choice. There's so much to sort through. And what we're looking for, the end result of all of this mattress consideration, is we want a good night's sleep. We want to feel rested when we wake up. So we were like, let's get science to tell us what mattress is going to give us the best night's sleep. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hi. Hi. Jeremy Weingarten. So we're going to go back into one of the rooms. So we are in the sleep lab at New York Methodist Hospital. Uh, It has a waiting room uh, that looks exactly like a waiting room. If you were going to go get an ACL fixed, if you were going to get checked out, get a CAT scan. And in the back is not a bunch of cold, sterile doctor's offices, but there's actually wonderful, dimly lit rooms with beds in them. And you're about to hear from Dr. Jeremy Weingarten uh, and the technical director of this, uh, of this sleep lab, John Cunningham. There we go. All right. So first thing I want to do is to just kind of size you up. Mm-hmm. And you are going to probably fall into the medium category. I love that. I love being medium. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It doesn't, um, people often worry that they're, because they're large, you said you're over six feet, that they're going to need something huge. But that's, doesn't, that's really not how it works. Your face is uh, sized very differently. Huh. Um, right. So this is the Did he the just say itself. I have an oddly shaped head? He did. He did. A little bit. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
I'm not going to cry because I'm a grown man, but there's like some tears in my eyes. So what they're doing is they're fitting me with a CPAP mask. So the CPAP is specifically for treating people with sleep apnea. Uh, It feels almost like a a little uh, plastic pig nose. Uh, And what they do is they it's. They put it over your face, and it's one of the interventions that the lab can prescribe to help people get more sleep. The sleep lab was really awesome. It was this, it was, it felt like a temple to sleep. Like they're trying to create these perfect conditions. They're very serious about sleep. Um, although I will say they did put up with a lot of really annoying questions from us. Once or twice, I've had the thing where you're in a dream. And you feel like you have to yell in the dream, and then you wake up and yell. Like two times, I've had that happen. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's, it's probably not a major disorder. I mean, I don't, don't, it's don't not downplay it though. It's really tough for me. No, <laughs> no, no I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's it's part of the REM behavior disorder. It's it just sounds like it's it's a response like you screamed to your a dream. couple times. That's what it sounds like to me. Like you screamed a couple times. Of all the sleep disorders. What is the strangest one you've ever encountered? There's something called exploding head syndrome. Well, excuse me. Cool. (laughs) Exploding head syndrome. It's sort of like, you know, when you're falling asleep and you have a a jerk, like you feel like you're falling and your body jerks. Yeah. Sort of the same thing, but with a sensation. So it's, it's perceived as this like explosion. These guys have a ton of different methods to help people with various sleep disorders. But according to Dr. Weingarten, the biggest thing most people can do for their health around sleep doesn't involve any particular technology. It's simple. Just choose to get more sleep. The direction that everybody's going into is less and less sleep. We, we go to sleep late. We wake up early. We're so busy during the daytime. Um, but sleep, you need to protect your sleep. That's the bottom line. But if we were just going to do kind of the, the middle of the, the bell curve sleep, what would you describe as the perfect conditions for sleep, the perfect sleep, the perfect result? Well, you know, we want people to be in a comfortable environment with good temperature and quiet, a comfortable bed. In, and that's very personal specific. So some people might want a really soft bed. Some people might want um, a, a very firm mattress. Um Ideally, uh, you would be going to sleep at the same time every night, but you would only be going to sleep when you're tired. So it just kept happening. Every time we wanted to talk about mattresses, they ended up wanting to talk about sleep. And, okay, so they're scientists. They don't want to just give us an off-the-cuff anecdotal answer. And we're like, okay, but just give us a hint. What kind of mattress is better? What? How do mattresses impact sleep? And they did not want to talk mattresses at all. Let's talk about the mattress, the bed. You just said you should be comfortable. So from what you see here, does it, that really is just a personal preference? Like I like broccoli, you like I think so, beans? yeah, I really do. I think whatever is going to allow you to get the best quality sleep for yourself, that's what you need to go with. You're basically, your entire focus and job is about the science of sleep, sleep disorders, quality of sleep, monitoring sleep, and in no way do you acknowledge uh, that some mattresses are better than others other than personal preference. Correct. You know, so, I mean, it really is, whatever is gonna make you have the best sleep, it's all dependent on you. I do not feel rested ever. And um, so you could hear me pausing here because I kept getting distracted because McKay, like, while I'm talking to Dr. Weingarten, you were wearing this weird CPAP mask, um, which made you sound like Darth Vader. 
It was interesting because it, it, it occurred to me that maybe Darth Vader just has sleep apnea, which makes him much less intimidating. <laughs> and then he just got a good night's sleep. That's why he went against Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> that was it. I'm pretty sure I just I need to exercise more. I need to lose weight. There's a decent chance I have sleep apnea. Um, I need to figure out how to be a little less stressed, which probably means doing less. Having, you know, like it feels like there's some major lifestyle changes. And in a consumer marketplace, if someone's saying to me, forget all that noise, give us four grand, we'll give you a mattress and we'll solve this problem for you today and it'll be really comfy. That's a very attractive offer. Sure. Um, but if, if you buy the $4,000 mattress and you spend five hours in it every night, those five hours might be great, but you're still going to have all the other problems that you, you've just described. I would much rather just go buy a mattress. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, that's easy, but you know, not everything is easy. Do you know what country you're in? How dare you say that? This is America. All right. So, okay, we know that comfort is what makes for a good night's sleep, and we know that comfort is not objective. But you know what is objective? Money. Cash. And I wanted the answer. Why should we spend more for mattresses? Should we spend more for mattresses? So, we are Americans. We are American consumers. And where do we go when we want to answer this question? Consumer Reports. And it turns out that all the mattresses, the super cheap ones, the expensive ones, have about the same ratings. I don't know if you've seen the movie Three Days of the Condor when Robert Redford comes back and sees that everyone's dead in his office, this pokey little office he worked in. This is that moment. (laughs) That's maybe a little much drama for this moment in the script. This is a big, this is the moment of the piece. This is where we answer the question. This is big. Here's the answer. They're all the same. You're right. This is a product with less variation. That's Dan DeClerico. He's one of the guys at Consumer Reports who obsesses day in and day out, a man after my own heart, over the hidden qualities of different kinds of products. He focuses on home and remodeling products, and he knows a lot about mattresses. It's interesting that there is not an excellent mattress um, out there based on, you know, based on our tests. You typically see you know, at least a handful of, of excellent products. Um, for the most part, mattresses are, are, you know, are pretty similar, and it really behooves you, the consumer, to get out there and, and you know, try them out yourself. What, what is a product where there really is big differences? Um, you know, honestly, most, most of them do. Um, appliances, any of, the, any of the major appliances... So, this is the official Consumer Reports advice. Pretty much all kinds of mattresses are pretty much fine. Some have inner springs. If that's what you like, that's great. Others are made out of foam. If you prefer that, that's fine too. If you want a hybrid that mixes spring and foam, go for it. Dan explained that Consumer Reports, uh, they buy dozens of mattresses. They cut some of them open to see what's inside. They, they test them in a million ways. Yeah, they have this giant machine, this like huge 300-pound dowel that they pound onto the mattress thousands of times to simulate a decade of sleep by a heavy person to see which mattresses hold up. And so 
all of that testing sort of accumulates in this simple piece of advice. I mean, Dan kind of handed us the golden ticket. He told us what it was that we really wanted to know. He told us how much we should spend. And here it is. You probably want to spend more than 800 bucks. Below that, there are some good mattresses, but there's also a lot of bad ones. And anything you spend over around 1500 bucks is probably not going to get you that much better of a mattress. And ask them if they'll knock a few hundred bucks off the price. They usually will. If you're lying on a mattress in the store for at least 15 or 20 minutes and it feels fine, you'll be fine. This is something actually that some companies are trying to put to use. They call it the hotel model. So they only offer like three options of mattress or one option of mattress to just make it easier on consumers. Uh, This is a particular strategy for online companies. In fact, you may have heard of one of them. They advertise on this show. Uh, Please be assured that they had nothing to do with this episode. So, Rachel, this is the part of the episode where we reach our grand conclusion, where we come to the end of our journey. And here's what it is. You were right. I was wrong. When you went into Ikea and you laid on a bunch of mattresses, you eliminated the ones that were too cheap, you didn't pay a lot of attention to the most expensive, you found one that was comfortable, and you took it home. My obsessive years of thinking and worrying were wasted. While I am truly delighted that the outcome of this episode is Rachel is surprisingly awesome, I do feel like we did learn something else. I mean, we have learned... Mattresses, you know, basically are like being a parent. Uh, If you're really bad, you can screw things up. But an unbelievably rich one doesn't actually improve what really matters. Right. I remember when I became a father and, uh, like is my nature. I was a little worried about how to be the best dad and did a lot of reading, talking to people. And I learned basically the same lesson I learned on this show. Don't worry so much about being the super best amazing dad to get your kid into Harvard and have them be gleefully happy their whole life. Focus on the basics. Just be a good enough dad. And I do feel like the same exact lesson is true with mattresses. Having the very best, most expensive, most deluxe mattress is not going to fundamentally change your life. But having a really lousy mattress where you don't get a good night's sleep, where you do have back pain, that's a problem. You should not have that mattress. Uh, There's some minimum good enough threshold that you want to be above. And speaking of the minimum good enough adequate threshold, that makes me think of Sleepies, and uh, their mattresses were definitely good enough, but their customer service was not good enough. So I knew we were going to talk about them publicly. I reached out to them, explained what happened, and they put us in touch with this guy. What is your name and what is your job? So I'm Craig McAndrews. I'm the chief merchandising officer at Mattress Firm. And Mattress Firm recently bought Sleepies. We did. And this is sort of awkward, but My understanding is you are calling me because you heard about our kind of weird experience and you want to apologize. Yeah, I did hear about it. In fact, our uh, chief executive officer and president, Ken Murphy, uh, he and I had a conversation about it. And I wanted to make sure that we apologize just for the bad experience you had in one of our stores. It's not the intent for us to ever deliver an experience that's not great, but we know it happens. And so this just gives us a chance to follow up on it. Remember that woman who freaked out when we showed up in Sleepies with our microphones? We're not trying to have a whole bunch of um, different type of uh, people like yourself. And said she didn't want us in the store trying to figure out what was going on. In the end, we did get what we were looking for. Sleepies is a business. They've got a model. Sell a ton of beds 
at a lot of price points, especially the lower, more affordable ones. Savoir Beds is the same thing, just reversed. Sell very few mattresses, but sell them for a ton of money. Even Craig agrees. But in the end, if, the, if it's not comfortable, then it really doesn't make any difference. And so you got to get physically comfortable, and then it's financial comfort. And so, in the end, nearly everybody we talk to comes to the same consensus. Rachel Ward and Adam McKay are right. Adam Davidson is wrong. You can scratch mattresses off the list of things you need to worry a lot about. Surprisingly awesome theme song is by Nicholas Bertel. Our ad music is by Build Buildings. Uh, we were edited this week by Annie Rose Strasser. Original music in this episode was composed by Trouble Books, Nicholas Dupre, and Louis Weeks. We were produced by Rachel Ward and Kalila Holt. Matthew Bowl mixed the show. Isabel Angel, Jacob Cruz, Emma Jacobs, and Robin Woolley provided production assistance. Special thanks to Carla Webb at the Bean and Stock Furniture Library, Peter McCarthy at the University of South Wales, Sandy Jap at Emory University, author of Partnering with the Frenemy, Dave Perry at Furniture Today, and Kevin Purdy at the Sweet Home. That's where you can find his pick for the best online mattress. Could we ask you to do us a favor? If you like Surprisingly Awesome, could you go to iTunes, rate and review the show? It helps listeners find us. Your reward for that is our newsletter. No, actually, anyone can get the newsletter. You don't have to actually rate us. You just have to sign up. It's at gimletmedia.com slash awesome. It's down on the lower right. You can also tweet us at surprising show. Email us at surprisinglyawesome at gimletmedia.com. We're on Facebook, and our Tumblr is truesharkattackstories.tumblr.com. Surprisingly Awesome is a production of Gimlet Media. I felt noble because I have a super hard mattress. I have the firmest mattress there is, and I feel so noble about it. Like, I'm a better human being. And now I realize I'm just a schmuck with a hard mattress. (laughs) That's the last line of your first novel. (laughs) 